Welcome to a special episode of Home on the Dot. I'm Chris McMorrin, recording in my office at the National University of Singapore. It's Friday, March 20th, 2020, and we're all living in a COVID-19 world. Countries have closed their borders and placed their populations on lockdown. In fact, in the past few hours, the governor of California issued an order for its 40 million residents to stay home. Never in the history of the world have so many people been at home at the same time. Home has become our last line of defense. I'm fortunate to be in Singapore. On January 23rd, we were one of the first countries to report a positive case of COVID-19. Luckily, we've largely been able to flatten the curve. As of yesterday, there were only 345 reported cases in Singapore. That's remarkable for a densely packed city-state of over 5 million, with extensive connections to the rest of the world. Despite this good news, though, I felt helpless as this new coronavirus became a global pandemic. I've been unable to peel my eyes away from the tidal wave of news, and unable to do anything to change its course. I wash my hands more often than before, and I try to practice social distancing. I call my mom almost every day, and I cheer on my sister and my niece, both of whom work in hospitals. I know those efforts are important, but every day the scale of the disaster grows and I don't know how to help. One thing I can do is support my students in these stressful times. In the past week, I started reaching out to students on exchange, both my NUS students studying abroad in places like Japan and France, and exchange students from around the world who are in my classes at NUS. Their lives have been upended in dramatic fashion as their once-in-a-lifetime educational experiences have been cut short or threatened by COVID-19. This episode of Home on the Dot features an interview with two such students, Anne and Kayla. Both are from California and both are studying for a semester in Singapore. How are they coping with the slow disaster swirling all around us? And will they abandon their exchange program and return to a home that is now in virtual lockdown? Stay tuned. I'm Anne. Um, I'm from California. I go to school in Arizona, the University of Arizona. I'm Kayla, um, and I am from California, and I go to school in Northern California at UC Berkeley. Okay, so this is a bit of an odd episode of Home on the Dot. Uh, I'm speaking with some students who are on exchange in Singapore, but have been told in the last few days or last week that they have to go home. Uh, and uh, how did you first learn that you have to return home? So I first learned that I had to return home when I got an email. Um, they were saying, like, first they sent the email saying, make sure you take care of yourself, take um, all the precautions seriously, um, you know, use hand sanitizer, do all this, do all that. And then at the end of the email, it says, hey, we strongly recommend that you go home, like, now. Who's the email from? The University of Arizona. Okay. And when was that? It was last week. So Kayla, how did you first hear that you have to return home? What happened was when we found out that Anne was actually getting pulled, we all sent emails proactively to the advisor being like, hey, will you pull us? What's going to happen? Do we need to be concerned? Um, and they sent us a reply email and they said, we're pulling students out of Europe, but at the moment we see there's no reason for you to come out of Singapore, we view it to be a low-risk area. And honestly, I sometimes wonder if it's because California is more dangerous right now than Singapore. Um, so we were all 
we were all very confident in that. We thought it would be no problem. We were still in contact. Then um, a few weeks ago, we got an email saying, we are now giving you the option to return. You can cancel your program or you can um, transition your classes to online if that is what you want. So I replied with an email saying, please, please, whatever you do, don't send the California kids home. We don't really have a place to go right now. Um, and that was, I think, two, three days ago. And this morning I got the email that they want me to come home. So what was your feeling when you read the email? I, my heart dropped. I was so sad. Like, I, I don't know, like it, it feels so weird for someone to tell you that you have to go home when, or when, when you are, you already built such like a sense of like home here. And I'm, I feel like I haven't even felt like a hundred percent home here, mm -hmm. not yet, but I'm working on it. But the fact that like, through my progress of trying to build a home here, someone immediately cuts it. It just breaks my heart. Like, right. it, I just felt so confused, so sad. Uh, it's only been, it's March, right? So it's only been three months since we've been here. We've built so much, like, relationships, so much close ties. Like, even though it's been three months, I felt like I've been friends with everybody forever. Like, mm. and these are lifelong friends that you will never forget. And, like, the really worst, the sad part is that, like, we won't like see each other every day like we are now so having people leave like hey my flight's on wednesday or my flight's this sunday it's like oh like i probably won't see you in like forever like i probably won't see you for the next couple of years and like it our, could be the rest of your life you yeah. might never actually see these people exactly again. yeah and, and it's, with the virus you yeah. might actually never <laughs> see them again yeah yeah Seriously, but that's dark. But yeah, but it's true. literally it's only been three months, but I felt so like, like I've told you, I'm on the pro like process of building. Like I've been like starting to feel home here. Like I have like maybe since like maybe after a couple weeks, like maybe February. Like we felt it. We all felt it. Like there's not one time where anybody eats lunch alone. You know, somebody always is willing to eat lunch with you at U Town. Like you just text in the group chat and. It's like, hey, okay, well, if you eat lunch at one, somebody will eat lunch with you at one. <laughs> and if you text at three, there's always going to be someone at three. Mm -hmm. You're never alone. And we've built mm -hmm. such, such, like, close relationships. And I've, I, I was starting to feel, like, home here. But I'm really doubting that now. And I, it's not Singapore's fault, obviously. It's just with all everything going on. Like, is it really my home if I'm being asked to just... Yeah, it's not even that. It's not even just, like, the friendships you make here, which are amazing. It's just, like, the little routines you get into, yeah. you know? Getting to know, like, what what lady is going to be at the juice stand at this yeah. hour. Like, when can you... Which stall has the best, like, noodles at 4 p.m.? You know, it's those little things. And being mm -hmm. able to, like, explore and really just, like, walk around and see what there is to see here, it really just makes it seem like a real place. I still can't even believe I'm in Singapore. Mm. I still can't really, I haven't really fully absorbed the fact that I can't go home in half an hour. I can't just drive back to my parents' house, you mm. know? And so being able to internalize that and realize, wow, this is an opportunity that you will literally never get again. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's just amazing. You can make like out of the communities and how safe you can feel in a place like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can learn a lot about yourself too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and you've been looking for flights, and it's been... It's been ridiculously insane. It's been, like, 1700 to 2200 right. just one way. That's the worst part. I paid 1300 for a round trip, so I would have... I have a return flight on May 10th, the last day we can move out. Yeah, literally. So it's, that's about, like, maybe, like, 600-ish. 600 600 
Perfect. How will you cover that difference? I don't know. That's the thing. Just family or? Yeah, probably through family. And like Family or the rest of the money that I have saved up yeah. for being here. Yeah. It yeah. just, like, really sucks that we have to think about not only, like, okay, what are the next steps, like, but also the financial part, the academic part. Like, there's so many things we have to think about. I appealed over and over again sending almost over 50 emails and staying up like during the time zone over there yeah just i'm so exhausted even today i'm so exhausted right. from recovering from that you know like yeah like we wrote some emails together yeah um, over 50 emails just saying okay we understand the consequences like i understand i appreciate the school like taking us into consideration like our health our safety and well-being but they they should give us a choice like i felt like when they sent all those emails to us, we got no choice whatsoever. And it just feels like like everything was just stripped away from us versus having a choice. Many of the students here, um, I don't. neither of us had this experience. Um, they were told to return home on threat of their enrollment. Yeah. So they were said, if you do not return home within the time frame we've given you, you will not be allowed to enroll next semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like you would be suspended. Like they would suspend you from the university, which I find to be really unethical yeah. i think that's i i don't know how you could say that to someone who's worked so hard to go to school then yeah. to go abroad and then to tell them oh come back you're not going to get any credit we're not going to help you at all and also if you don't do this now you can't be a student here anymore and you were mentioning all the stress yeah. of the travel and the money but you didn't mention the stress of the virus itself i mean are you worried about your health I feel like I am, like we are, I feel like we are very worried about our health. Not here. However, not here as compared to back home. Yeah. So my parents are from the San Francisco Bay area. So there's seven counties right now in the San Francisco Bay area that are under shelter in place. My parents are in one of those counties. They are in shelter in place. Um, So they're basically locked inside their house for the next three weeks. And I, when asked to return home, my parents actually said, you should consider trying to stay there over the summer if possible, like it's okay if you don't come home right away, but you need to be safe. And I personally don't feel comfortable putting my parents in the position where they would need to go pick me up from the airport. I don't feel comfortable going to SFO right now and then potentially exposing my parents to that or, mm. yeah, or the stress that would put them under financial illness otherwise. Yeah. 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 Many of the students like that have left already. Like, these past weeks have just been tears and hugs and anger, like, all throughout the exchange community. And I'm sure the world, to be honest with you. It's not just us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, the priorities, like, of going home back to, like, our family, our primary family, is the fear of getting our family members sick. Mm -hmm. I've talked to... I have friends, like, I've talked to them, and they're so scared that they're renting, like, hotels and for two weeks and renting Airbnbs and um, really trying to live. And some, like, it's not an American thing. Like, our grandparents don't really live with us, but a lot of grandparents do live with, like, you know, the family. Like, in mm-hmm. Europe, a lot of the Europeans said, like, yeah, my grandparents live with us, and I'm so scared. I'm so afraid. I can't I can't even go home knowing that. So how, how are you going to kick me home, like, right now? Right. I have a friend who's, um, his father has cancer and he was supposed to go abroad and he ended up not going. His program was canceled beforehand, but his worst fear was actually going and then being sent back after a few days or a few weeks. Was his pro- program in China? Japan. In Japan. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's been such a sad, like sad week for everyone. Like we're all just so heartbroken. Every day is another, literally every day yeah. is another going away party. Like every That's single day someone is leaving and it's. 
But I mean, I it's think sad. people are not understanding why a lot of us don't want to come home. Yes. I mean, first of all, there's the panic that we're in more danger if we do. There's the panic that we might be endangering our family if we do. But furthermore, we just feel we feel safe here. And yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just kind of tired of being nervous all the time. Yeah, I'm tired too. of being nervous and sad. I've been nervous and sad, like, at least part of every day for, like, the past two weeks. I'm, I'm just tired of feeling that way, you know? We've been basically living on the edge, like... Pretty much. Really not knowing what to expect tomorrow. Yeah. Waiting for, like, the news to come out. Hey... And, like, the border's closing, like, the whole topic. Like, mm-hmm. we don't even know if the borders are going to close, but they act, you know, that it's on the news. So it's, like, yeah, like, everyone is fighting. Like, I appealed four times. Everyone is fighting so hard to stay here because they feel home here. Mm-hmm. However, there's always that fear of not being able to go back in May. Yeah. Or in June. Or in, or in June. July. Yeah. And I'm sure that makes a huge difference as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially because we're, like, a six-month, like, student pass Older, if our student only. pass gets canceled, yeah, we, then we are. I mean, and Singapore is pretty strict on people who yeah. aren't in the country, like legally. Yeah. If once our student pass expires, we don't really know what our options are. Exactly. So if we do choose to stay, we don't actually know what would happen in that situation. Right. Yeah. If your student pass were to expire, but there were no flights out of Changi Airport, I'm sure the government would make a <laughs> an exception yeah. Yeah. for you, right? Um, but I think a lot of people like me are worried. Like, so we are essentially, potentially trapped here for the next year or year and a half. I mean, in a worst case scenario, not only would it close down the borders, but also there'd be no flights anymore. So I'm sure that some of your institutions and your families are worried. It's one thing to say you want to stay until May, but what if in May there is no way to get home and then you're just trapped here mm-hmm. indefinitely? It's just so unfair. We were actually talking about this on yeah. the bus here. We were like, all right, well, we could. We know we could probably afford to eat, <laughs> uh, but we don't know where we would live. Yeah. So we were actually talking, like, in the event that, say, our parents don't want us to come home because they're worried about us flying or they're worried about our safety, if we have to spend the summer here, what are we going to do? So, yeah. So how are you managing the stress? Are we managing the stress? I don't, I don't know, actually. Um, it's really, really, really rough. Like I, every day sort of feels yeah. like it's been, it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other, like yeah. something is happening every single day to like everyone. What? I mean, for me, uh, I had to take my friend to the hospital a few days ago cause she broke her foot <laughs> and it's like, if someone's not getting sent and that morning we found out one of my friends was getting sent home. So if it's not an emergency or, um, someone getting sent home or having to write petition letters to getting sent home, it's mm-hmm. a professor from home wants to get in contact and is upset that I haven't emailed them back in a few weeks mm-hmm. or, Something like that. Or my parents are stressed because they're locked in their house. So, I don't know. For me, at least, I feel like every day it's just been something else is going just on always. It's kind of like what I said. Like, not only do we have to worry about this, we also have to... We're still a student here at NUS. Mm-hmm. So we're still doing assignments and all. And I'm so behind in all my classes. I have no time whatsoever to even look at... Like, I've, I've everyone's been saying that no one everyone's been asking for extension dates like mm-hmm. we're just trying to really figure this out like and make it clear before we do anything else and it's just like it's really really like stressful on us like we, like I don't know like is this what it's like to be a grown-up like I don't know like managing all like <laughs> everything happening like, all at the same time. academics like mm-hmm. really everything uh, 
I don't know if it's ever this extreme to have <laughs> <Okay>. everything <laughs> that might be good to hear. <laughs> washing over you like this as a grown-up. I've been a grown-up for a long time. Okay. <laughs> I think these are extreme circumstances. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to wax a little bit, you know, when I was an undergrad, I also studied overseas. I thought it was the most important thing I could do. It really helped me mature. I used it to travel and to meet new friends from around mm. the world and to find more about, you know, who I was as a person. But I was never put in this kind of extreme situation like you guys are now. I just have the utmost respect for you. And I I, I am so um, torn apart inside that your experience is being cut short. It really hurts. Um, but seeing how you're like helping each other and trying to get through this, uh, you know, restores my faith that maybe something good will come out of this. I have to say, you know, I'm worried about my mom. I'm worried about my family members, but I'm also, I'm worried about you guys because yeah, you're now going to potentially go through these airports that could expose you. And I'm worried about you, you know, like taking something home to your families um, yeah, I don't know. I'm obviously not dealing with the stress very well either, but, um, my mom's um, a psychiatrist back at home and mm -hmm. she's saying like, it's not like the whole mental health community is really like, yeah. they really need help like right now. Yeah. And it's in need of more psychiatrists as of right now, because like the panics. Yeah. It, that's also something that's not as talked about. Like a lot of people are weren't like kind of like focusing on the physical health mm -hmm. but no one's really talking about the mental, mental health, health yeah. of this crisis. and that'll last a long time yeah oh yeah because yeah. there'll be some people who do pass away and there'll yeah. be people who suddenly have to deal with that loss of a loved one yeah yeah it's just really like i'm just worried about like everything that's happening yeah. even back in the year like so like when schools are being canceled in california the schools are canceled until i think august august like, what about the parents who work full time and can't afford yeah. childcare? What are you gonna do? Like, what's going on for them? What is the situation that they're being put in? I feel like, especially in countries like the U.S., it's a little worse than, say, I feel like at least in Singapore or in I know in Vietnam the schools are closed. There tends to be more intergenerational households, so there's more people mm -hmm. in one household, so there's a little more options in terms. That's that, that sort of built-in support network. Yeah, yeah, there's no support network in the U.S., and I think. Maybe it's just at the stage of life that we're in. I feel like in general, the support network from like higher ups tends to not be there. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm saying this out of like, maybe just like a very self-centered view. But I do feel like for an American, it is a little bit. It's just like, it's very much a, you are on your own. Yeah, you and are. And it's it's reflected not only in the situation that we're in, but also in like, the situation back home. Yeah, I feel like not a lot of consideration has been taken into what people can afford and what's feasible for them. I've never felt this way ever in my life. And it really makes you think about people who actually do feel like this, even, you know, when there's oh, not yeah. COVID. Like, everybody, like, you know, like yeah. the immigrants. as, a, as Refugees. A first, refugees. refugees. Yeah. It, it makes you really yeah. think about it. And it's yeah. something that's not as talked about as it should be. Yeah. Like, as a first-generation immigrant, like, you know, even I've never felt so extreme like this, like, Ever. Never. And I feel bad for all the people who their home situation is worse. Yeah. Um, I know someone, he's Italian, but he goes to school in California. There is no good situation for him once he gets sent home, you know? Um, he can't go back to Italy. A lot of the mm -hmm. Polish kids, they can't go back. So 
we're being put in the situation that I think a lot of people around the world are in all the time, like this situation of, mm-hmm. it's like crisis in a very comfortable way because yeah. we aren't at danger of mm-hmm. not being able to eat, not being able to have a place to sleep. We have that. I mean, we even have air conditioning. Um, but a lot of people, like, they don't have that situation. So it's, I don't know. I think the crisis mindset is really going strong and it's to an extent a little bit enlightening. Mm. Mm. I just wish it wasn't enlightening at the, to the degree and the cost that it is. But And to the, you know, physical and emotional stress that you have to feel all the time. Yeah. But yeah, of mm-hmm. course it will make you more aware of the fact that some people do live under that sense of, of fear and insecurity 24 seven. And I really appreciate you amid this incredibly stressful time when you're saying goodbye to all your friends on a daily basis, taking a little time to, to speak with us. Um, when will you go home? My appeal is approved. So So you'll be staying until May. Yes. (laughs) And I don't know. So I'm going to be sending a lot of emails today and calling my parents and calling my advisors back at home. And ideally, I should find out in a few days. We'll see. What do you want to do? I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah, I really, really don't know. Um, Because I don't want to stay here for a year. No offense, Singapore. I love Singapore, (laughs) but I really don't want to have to stay here for like six months, eight months, ten months but I really don't want to go home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's dangerous and also, I really like it here. Yeah. Yeah. This is like our new home. It is, it is my new home. This episode was produced by me with sound engineering work from Johan Tan and David Chu. My deepest thanks go to Anne and Kayla for taking the time to meet with me and to share their experiences. They give me so much faith in the future. I wish them well. To learn more about the Home on the Dot project, please visit our blog, which has episode transcripts and links to news and academic articles on every topic. It's at tinyurl.com slash home on the dot. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Home on the Dot. Please take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>